Magic.me is the world's greatest school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. You can learn everything there from chaos magic to hermeticism to meditation to how to supercharge your finances and take absolute control of your destiny. In short, you get all of the tools you need to turn chaos into beautiful, scintillating order and master your life. It's incredible. You've probably heard me talk about it on the show quite a lot, but check it out. It's growing fast. And I just want to say, if you're confused about where to start, because I have so many courses there, the Adept Initiative is the place to go. The Adept Initiative is the flagship course on magic.me, and it contains everything you need to know to master the most profound ancient techniques of changing your consciousness and the most modern and cutting edge tools and systems for absolutely turning your life into a masterpiece. You are really going to dig it. Go check it out, and I will see you in class. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. So I'm going to talk a little bit about magic and my journey with it and how I started out. So let's start off with a working definition of magic. I use magic as a catch-all term. Specifically, I use it to catch all of the techniques that are out there of brain change, whether that's the most ancient technologies of shamanism going all the way back to prehistory before the written language, all the way up to the most modern forms of brain change, like neurolinguistic programming, neurofeedback, and biohacking, all of that type of thing. But I'm interested in all these, all of these technologies for one reason, and that's not to get ahead, it's not to make more money, it's not to be the most alpha Joe Rogan bro in the universe. Those things are all great, don't get me wrong, you should be successful, but I'm interested in brain change for the reason of spirituality. When I, mean, when I say spirituality, I mean connection with the transcendent. Because in our modern world, despite all of the stuff that we're given, which is incredible, I mean, we have cars, we have hot running water. I am currently creating, I have a whole, the equivalent of a television production studio from the 1990s that I'm recording this on. Those are all incredible. But one thing that our, our culture does not give us is a sense of transcendence and a connection to the infinite. There's a lot of really good reasons for that, actually. I think Western culture, particularly in the last 200 years or more, 300 years, going back to the Enlightenment, has taken great pains to distance itself from religion because religion has such negative connotations in our culture because it's got such a dark history of violence and, and intolerance and this type of thing. So because of that history, our culture has pretty much relegated religion and put it by the wayside. Now, I'm not arguing with this. I think this is good. However, that doesn't take away people's yearning for something more. I don't care who you are, how rich, poor, what age you are, gender, orientation, ethnic background, it doesn't matter. You have a yearning for the transcendent. You have a yearning to be in touch with something bigger than you. And I would go out on a limb and say, you don't just want a sense of connection with something bigger than you. You want to know that that thing that's bigger than you knows who you are and likes you and cares about you and holds you in positive regard. All human beings have this need. My project in my magical school is to say, hey, okay, 
the history of religion is pretty bad and what religions are doing in the modern world currently is pretty bad. Just turn on the news. But what if we just take the techniques that these religions use for getting in touch with the divine and kind of open source those and give those out for people to use so that they can force their own connection with the divine by using the techniques of religions without having people trying to be in charge of their life, without having a priesthood cast, without having, you know, all the rules you have to follow, without tithing, without, you know, you don't need me to explain all the abuses of religion. So basically what I am saying when I talk about magic is I'm talking about things like yoga, meditation, chanting, prayer, shamanic drumming, fasting, the ability to get into altered states of consciousness and from those altered states of consciousness to interact with levels of reality that we don't normally interact with, whether that's transcendent or something else. So essentially what I have been arguing for throughout my career is to democratize the means of production when it comes to religion. Yes, I do say that archly. So essentially what I've been trying to do in my career is telling you how to build a home gym, how to build a personal practice. Let's get even more specific. I'm going to define magic as the following. A set of beliefs that suggests and follows on from the idea that the internal, people's internal state, in some way, in some way that we don't fully understand, but that we can all agree on from our mutual lived experience, because we all have things that confirm this for us, that in some way our internal state influences or even creates our external or external world. Now, academically speaking, this is called hermeticism, and it goes back a long, long way. For our practical purposes, we can call it magic, and I like calling it magic, A, because it's so creative and colorful, and B, because it suggests action. It suggests that we're actually going to do something that affects our reality. So what is the path of magic? The path of magic is to cultivate your internal being through things like meditation, and other practices which deepen your intuition and get you in flow with, let's just keep it at that, that get you in flow, that get you in sync, that put you in a groove where you feel like you're where you need to be in life, where you need to be in the universe. So if exercise of going to the gym is, you know, exercise for your external, for your physical body, then magic is exercise for your internal, for your mind, and not just your mind, but your soul, your spirit, your meaning for existing, your sense of love, your passion, your connection with other people, your personality, who you present yourself to the world. All these subtle little things that can't be measured with data or in a lab, but which make up the very quality of our lives. So let's talk about concrete. If you would like to begin practicing magic, if you'd like to become a magician, and when I say magician, I define that as somebody who has consciously, consciously chosen to take control of their world by taking control of their inner state first. Okay, so here's three things, three concrete steps, three concrete things that you can do to get into magic. Number one, if you don't have a magic practice already, or you know, maybe if you wanna refresh things, do a little refresher, there's a simple exercise that I recommend before you get into, don't even go to a new age store. I don't want you to step foot in a new age store. Don't look at occult books. Don't look at occult stuff on the internet. Before you do any of that, before you look at the, the way you're supposed to do it, 
you know, the tri- the way that publishers are putting out or podcasts or whatever, before you do any of that, I, I urge you go somewhere quiet. And that could even be a little ret- mini retreat. If you want to do it that way, go somewhere quiet and write down everything that you think magic is or could be. If magic was real, if there was such a thing as magic in the world, what would it be? What would it look like? Just free write. Just get everything out, everything that you think might be considered real magic in the real world. I did this exercise when I first got into magic, and it's probably one of the best exercises I've done. I sat there and I wrote down all these things, and it went from, you know, communication theory and semiotics to, you know, Doors songs, Jim Morrison lyrics, things like this. But I, 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 from that, I wrote down this idea of, you know, a magician as somebody who's able to play with realities and is able to show other people um, better realities that they could have for themselves. So that's just one idea I got from that. But do this before you get introduced to the cognitive overhead of systems that you're supposed to work through or Golden Dawn or anything like that. Start with your definition. Start with your definition. And then there's a second level to that which is see if you can actually do some of the stuff you write down. So for instance, if you say that magic is, you know, maybe uh, using your mind to manifest money into your life, let's just say to take a very crass example, we'll see if you can do it and see if you can do it with methods that you just come up with from your intuition, not from books, anything like this. So you're probably sitting there saying like, okay, you're not giving us any information that doesn't tell me anything new that I didn't know already. Yeah, that's the point. The point is that you should go in into the depths of yourself and pull out what you think, what is, what is magic? Because if magic is real, then it's already here and it's already in all of us. Define what you think magic is and then try to do it. And do that until you kind of wear that, wear that out. That can keep you busy for quite a while, but do that exercise. And if you already have an existing magic practice and maybe you're kind of bored of, you know, the moribund rules of the golden dawn or something like that, give that a shot and see how it goes. Okay, number two, this is going to seem obvious, but I'm going to be Captain Obvious on this, on this video, because, you know, it's the most obvious things that are the most, the most true. Okay, number two, get a tarot deck, get a tarot deck. Doesn't really matter which one, by the way, don't get hung up on that. This is a really good one. This is the all time classic Rider Waite Golden Dawn tarot deck that goes back to, you know, the beginning of the 20th century. Rider Waite, Pamela Coleman Smith is the artist that designed this. Get a tarot deck. This is the, you know, this is, that's a good one. This is the Thoth deck, Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. We have a whole course on this at Magic Domini, taught by Lon Milo Duquette, the world's greatest tarot master, who's the master of this deck. This is a much more futuristic modern deck. It's got, it was designed by Alistair Crowley, but don't let that put you off, because this is his, his, this really is his masterpiece, his masterwork. It's the most modern futuristic tarot deck that's been designed, that's a real deck. I recommend one of those though. One that has real occult symbolism in it. So without diverging into what's a real tarot, real tarot deck and what's not, because they're all good, get either the Rider Waite or the Thoth deck. I recommend starting with the Rider Waite if you're going to pick one. That said, if you already have tarot cards, that's great. I'm not going to take them away. You can still use them. But get some these. The reason that these are important, either the Rider Waite or the Thoth, is because they have real occult symbolism in them. They have deep symbols, symbols that can begin to awaken you to patterns in the world. Let me put it that way, or patterns within yourself, awaken you to 
aspects of yourself that you didn't fully you weren't fully fully aware of or had a, hadn't fully expressed or articulated before. It's important that that symbolism is, you know, made by is deeply considered and was actually created by people who know what they're doing. So in a doubt, in a pinch, in a doubt, right or wait, the the images of the right or wait are are so ubiquitous in our culture. You've seen all of them already. You've seen them on TV. You've seen them in movies. You've seen them, you know, on Instagram. You know, these are, it doesn't get much more iconic than that, right? The magician card. It does. And so these symbols are deeply embedded in your soul, even if you've never looked at a tarot deck before. As deeply embedded as, you know, things like, you know, fairy tales like Snow White or from, from back from Western history. As embedded as, you know, fairy tales like Snow White and things like that, that are just out there, that just are part of everyone without us really thinking about it. The tarot, you know, the Rider Waite tarot is very much like that. And then just begin to play with it. You know, you can, you don't need to get hung up on the right interpretations. Don't, you know, don't worry about that. But, you know, just sit with them, you know, sit and stare at each of these images. You know, like, like, let's take this one, for instance. The you know magician same card we were using before, like this suggests so much. It suggests power. It suggests command. It suggests a technician and control of of his art of his craft. It it suggests connection to the infinite, like we were just talking about, because he has an this infinite symbol above his head. So that's a powerful image. And so what I recommend, you know, if you were just to sit sit with that for ten minutes, even you know maybe pick one tarot card a day. You can go through the major arcana, which are the not you know the the, the trumps, the tarot trumps like this, or uh, the, the big cards, okay? So you can sit with one of these a day and just kind of like stare at it and just note, pay attention to what it brings up within you, what sensations it brings up within you, what um, connections in your life it brings up within you. You know, maybe, you know, like uh, you look at this and think about, you know, I could look at this and maybe think about when I first got my first computer or something like that. You know, I had this feeling of being a magician and being able to do anything. So begin to meditate upon those images, to sit with those images, to live with those images. And again, don't get hung up on doing it the right way. You can, yes, you can go learn correspondences and meanings and all of that. By the way, you don't have to become a tarot reader. Okay. You don't need to even learn how to do readings. Although it can be quite interesting to learn how to do readings to give yourself readings while you go through this process of learning the cards. But you don't need to become a tarot reader. You don't need to tell anybody that you're interested in tarot. You just need to kind of sit with those images and ponder them. And over time, that really does begin to unlock something. It really does. Even think about it from a completely secular perspective, which is how I like to consider things. You know, if we were to look at that from a psychological perspective, you're meditating on 22 different aspects of human beings. And, you know, in the same way that things like astrology, people like things like astrology because it allows them a broader language to articulate and talk about human personalities. Same thing with the tarot. If you have 22 aspects of your soul, or if you look at the whole deck, 78 aspects, how much broader of a palette do you have to draw from in terms of your understanding of life and your understanding, most importantly, of yourself. So in approaching the tarot this way and, you know, meditating on, on individual cards, you're approaching it with your intuition, not with your rationality, 
Again, don't go looking up on Wikipedia what the cards mean. With your intuition, your training, your intuition, your creative thinking. If you're an artist, you probably already have this faculty very well developed. If you're not, you're going to find that it is very fascinating to begin delving into this world. And you'll find that it really opens up a sense of confidence within yourself that might not have been there before as you begin to understand people a bit better and have a greater intuitive grasp of the world around you. Okay, third thing, start to meditate. There's no way around this. I say this in practically every video and course that I do. And the reason I say it is because it is the most important and it needs to be repeated constantly because people need to understand. They not only need to understand that it's the most important magical practice, they also need to understand that it's use it or lose it. If you have had a meditation practice and then fallen off as, you know, if you if you're had some experience in this world, you know, you've probably been through periods like that. You know, it, it's it's that you need to get back on the path. So meditation. If you don't already know a meditation style, I have lots of videos on this channel. There's there's one called How to Meditate that demonstrate it with video. And I have a whole course on it at magic.me mastering meditation, which gives you the whole thing the entire the entire Vedic system of the eight, eight limbs of Raja Yoga, so real serious meditation. But that aside, there's a lot of styles of meditation out there. Don't get hung up on which one it is. I recommend a very simple meditation, which is simply sitting cross-legged with your eyes closed, meditating on the point between your eyebrows. Real simple. Okay, real simple. But begin to do that every day. You can start with five minutes a day. That's fine. 10 minutes a day, half an hour a day. When you get to half an hour a day, you're really practicing. To really get results, however, you need to meditate for an hour a day because it takes about 50 minutes for somebody's mind to calm down so that they can get to the good stuff at the end of the meditation period where they're feeling all the, you know, the calmness and the clarity and the spiritual connection and the release and all of that. So a lot of times people give up too early with meditation, not realizing that it actually takes about an hour to get into a meditative state. So, but the most important is the discipline. So five day, five minutes a day, that will already give tremendous benefits to your life. It will improve your focus, your intuition, your communication, your in your in tuneness with yourself, your quality of work, your creativity. Meditation is the one master skill in life that improves literally everything. It improves every every other skill. So it's a hack. It's a cheat code. It's, you know, if you're going to put your points in one stat in life, put it into the one that improves all the other stats. That's meditation. So begin to meditate. Now, what did we not do? Now, after that, there's lots of stuff that we can talk about, like banishing rituals, sigils, adopting more strenuous magical systems like Golden Dawn and things like that. But in practice, and I've been teaching people this stuff for 25 years, in practice, uh, I, have found, I have found that it is practice that matters. And giving people super complex magical systems, while it can be fascinating, particularly for more advanced students, also is very, can be very tricky in the sense that it will confuse and throw people off. All that academic jargon and, and all of that, that can really confuse things and slow things down. And pretty soon people find themselves just becoming scholars instead of actually using, you know, the thing they find themselves, you know, studying, obsessing over the manual rather than using it. So 
what did I not do in those three things? Uh, I didn't give you a specific system. I didn't give you Kabbalah. I didn't give you any occult beliefs. I didn't ask you to believe anything. I didn't ask you to be to believe anything that would, you know, break rationality for an average 21st century individual. Uh, and I've only su um, suggested things that will be a benefit to your life. So it's not wasted time if you decide you don't like it. All of these things are designed to unlock your intuition, which is the most important, most basic first step towards unlocking the, as we can call it, the psychic side of life. And I don't necessarily mean that as psychic powers, because let's not get like too excited here. But I mean that in terms of the inner world is a better way to put it, opening the doors of the inner world and beginning to develop a much richer inner life, which after all, when you really think about it, is the only life we actually have. People have told me to get a life lots of times in my life. And so I've thought a lot about what this means. And I think that no matter who you are, no matter what's out here, at the end of the day, our quality of life is shaped by what's in here. And I know it's cheesy, but it's cheesy because it's true, because that stuck around that information. So writing out what you think magic is intuitively, and then trying to do it intuitively, staring at tarot cards, or rather meditating, staring sounds a little unromantic, but meditating upon tarot cards to kind of let the intuitive meaning unlock within your own intuitive faculty, and meditation. Meditation, of course, allows you not only more control of your mind, but it begins to dampen the chatter that gets in the way of us hearing our own soul. Pretty important. So all three of these practices link up. They're very basic. They're totally safe. They don't commit you to anything. And they will allow you a, uh, even just these simple practices, simple though they may sound, practice consistently and daily will lead to a greater, deeper, richer, and more fulfilling quality of life. Now that said, it will do that much faster and much better if you get to an hour of meditation a day. But you don't need to start out that way. At the end of the day, you're doing this for yourself. You're doing this to improve your life. So there's no point in beating yourself up if you can't get it perfect. The most important part is to con is consistency. If there's one, if there is one faculty that people who are interested in this material need to develop, if I could say one thing. So as you are starting out with your magic for beginners and you're beginning to develop yourself, the one thing that you should focus on developing more than anything else is persistence. It's not being, it's not how smart you are. It's not how talented you are. It's not what background you've come from. It's not who you know. It's persistence. That's what counts. It's what counts in magic and it's what counts in life. All right. So that's it for me. There's magic for beginners, more than enough to get started. And when you're ready for the advanced stuff, it's all available at magic.me, my school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. Come check us out there, and I'll see you in class. <music>